Blog Talk Radio. I've been trying to find you Been looking high and low Wanting you more and more To come and dirty wine yeah. I love the way you move Like how you're doing what you're doing You got me hypnotized Got me all in my mind I'm trying not to lose it Your body, body, body Drop it down low then you pick it up I want it, want it, want it I want you so bad I can't get enough your body, 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 ooh, got me in my feelings. Girl, you're a star, that's what you are. You know, you know, you're doing something to me. Got my emotions on a roller coaster ride. Yeah, this thing's going on between us. Something I can't find. Not tonight. Not tonight. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love out here on the dance floor. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love out here on the dance floor. Cause I've been trying to find you Been looking high and low Wanting you more and more To come and dirty wine yeah. I love the way you move Like how you're doing what you do You got me hypnotized Got me all in my mind I'm trying not to lose it 
your body, body, body Tell me about the big, I don't even care I want it, want it, want it I want you to myself, I don't want to share Your body, body, body Got me in my feelings Girl, you're a star Oh, that's what you are You know, you know you're doing something to me Got my emotions on a roller coaster ride This thing's going on between us
that now we celebrate the dopeness of all the arts, the literature, music. Y'all know we heavy in our music. We love our music. Acting, movies, actors, publishers, artists, athletes, you name it, they have been through the doors of my chat. They have shared some of their most precious jewels with us, and we so appreciate them. So make sure you check out our archives, because I'm sure any type of show in those archives can be related to you and your journey. But we want to celebrate it in a fun, intimate, and friendly environment, and that's what we bring here on that chat. We want you guys to come in, put your feet up, enjoy chatting. You know, it's just us. We just have a good time talking about what we love. So once again, Welcome to Let's Chat Radio. We are about to have another great Friday, Leash. Absolutely. We have three fabulous guests that are going to come kick it with us tonight in the chat room. We have Twiley Cottenham. She is uh, our very own uh, queen. Uh, she actually was a beauty queen uh, for mm-hmm. Alabama. Uh, and we have the fabulous Piera Collins, producer, author, uh, all around everything, let me tell you. And then we have mm-hmm. author Andre A.J. Carter. He hasn't been on the show in so long, but he has been on our show before, and he's going to come in here and talk that talk with us. Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember whether he's been on our show. Since it's been uh-huh. a hard time for me to remember, it's been a while. So he really grew it's, up, Andre. You've been neglecting the ladies. Well, you know, I think you know, he changed up genres um, mm-hmm. a couple of years back. He changed up genres, and I think it was just Christian-based. Um, mm-hmm. So he's going to be able to talk about his journey with us. I'm just excited. Mm-hmm. I love when people come into the chat room. Today we're talking about transparency, child. Mm. Okay, share with us. You know, I always got to see up close and personal at the start of the show <laughs> what our topic is about, girl. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're very mindful about how we talk to other people, how we treat other people, what we want other people to see, um, but then we mm-hmm. tend to lie to ourselves. So you're okay. transparent with others, and you require others to be transparent with you, but you're not transparent with yourself. You don't really, mm-hmm. really, really have that that talk and self-acknowledge your own mental state or your own choices. Um, and I call that the why factor. You know, we never mm-hmm. sit down and ask ourselves why. If you feel this way, why do you feel this way? If you gonna, if you are upset, why are you upset? If you ask in a whole nut, why? Ask yourself why. <laughs> Um, and that mm-hmm. will prevent us from doing a lot of things and agreeing a lot of things and kind of putting ourselves in that ego trick bag. Mm. That's a good point. You know, and sometimes not only do we not, you know, do that self-talk and self-evaluation, sometimes if we listen to the voices that are around us, it could be a deterrent, you know. Oh, I don't think that's good for you or you, I don't think you're ready. When in all actuality, that may be a self-reflection on them. Absolutely, and not even that. If you have a vision or if God has placed something in your spirit for you to do, it wasn't a conference call. True. He was talking directly to you. It wasn't, it wasn't something that he put on with everybody else. And if people are going to rock with you, those people that truly rock with you, now you got those people that do the backhanded support thing. And sometimes all they they move on a dollar sign. 
they see a dollar mm-hmm. sign, they all in because they feel, oh, I'm going to get something from it. You know what I'm saying? But those that truly, truly, truly rock with you, if mm-hmm. you're going left, they don't know why you're going left, but they rolling with you. Let's go. What you want to do? You know, you have right. those people, uh, in the words of um, Miss uh, Sarah Zakes Roberts, you have those people that say, I'm here to help you birth out whatever God has in your in, in store for you. That's what I'm here to do. So how you mm-hmm. want to do it, what you want to do, do you need me to, what you need me to do? Because I'm here for whatever he has in store for you. I'm here for whatever he, whatever journey he has you on. I'm here for mm-hmm. it. I'm here for you. Um, and it's rare that mm. you have people that are, are honestly, honestly there for you like that. Mm-hmm. And based on our guest tonight, Lise, I'm really be excited. I'm really excited to hear their transparency um, experience because, you know, they have so much to offer and it took some time to get to where they are today. And you never know what some, the steps someone has taken to get to this point. So I'm going to be interested to know how their transparency made them who they are today. Absolutely. And, and this is the thing, you know, people put in a lot of work. Uh, into the things that they they want to manifest for themselves. You know, everybody mm-hmm. ain't sitting away for stuff to fall in their lap. Nor is are they sitting there waiting for you to need something from them. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's sitting there mm-hmm. waiting for that. And um, if it's something that you want to do, I you know me, I always believe I can do anything. There's nothing that I absolutely cannot do. And if mm-hmm. and if I have to ask somebody, that would be like the last resort. Right. You know, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, some people don't want to have to do things for themselves. They want to have other people do it, and that's fine, but those things do not come free. Mm -hmm. But then they don't want to pay the price. (laughs) Exactly, but this is is the thing. (laughs) My price and what's in your wallet, not my business. You know what I'm saying? You because it may not add up. <laughs> right, it may not add up, but if you want to be transparent with yourself, you one have to stop undervaluing your yourself and your skills and what you bring to the table. Just because somebody else may undervalue it, first of all, that's just what they say. But people not coming to you because you don't know what you're doing. They're coming to you because you know what you're doing. So if you give them a price, that's what the price is. And a lot of times we mm-hmm. don't do that. It's like, oh, you know, or if it's family or this, mm-mm. we got to stop doing mm-hmm. that because we are mm-hmm. we are cutting our own value. If right. you are providing a service, that is the service that you provide. And if your friend mm-hmm. is providing a service, that is a service that you your friend is providing. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. to expect them, that that expectation that they do something for you for free, well, that's not fair, nor is that being a friend. True. And we touched on this last night on our show, on our Facebook Live show, Leash. And sometimes we do things and don't even realize that the service that we're providing can provide for us. You know, we're so used to helping each other, giving giving to others, whereas we can be really financially helping ourselves and our legacy for our families. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And, so, the, and, and, and mm-hmm. the same thing you do for everybody, we got to learn how to do those things for ourselves. The same right. things you do for everybody else, do those things mm-hmm. for yourself. And watch how things move and change. We got our first fabulous guest in the building. I'm interested to hear her her take on it. Awesome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's chat. Hello? Hi, how are you? Can you hear us? Her phone may be on mute. Sierra, is your phone on mute? Hey, Winnie, I thought you said Natasha. I'm waiting for my turn. I want to be sure I'm in order and in turn. How are you? <laughs> we are good. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. So for those that are not familiar with your fabulous self, tell everybody just a little bit about your journey uh, and your brand. Okay, well, first of all, I want to um, thank God for allowing me this opportunity to be on Let's Chat. I'm excited, and I've been awaiting. Uh, secondly, I am Arthur Pierre Collins. I am a wife of 26 years. I am a mother of two determined divas. I am an author that moves in purpose, uh, and God has taken my mess and turned it into ministry. And I say that because I was the girl uh, of dysfunction. I was a poster girl for dysfunction. I believe, and I was never afraid, I'm still not afraid, but I was never afraid to try, never afraid to leap, and never afraid to jump. And so with that being said, um, I went through a number of things I know I probably shouldn't have to, but because I did, it all had to happen in order for me to become the diva with the destiny. And so God has allowed me to come full circle. And so now I, um, I do empowerment seeking. I am empowerment seeker. I am a motivational speaker. I am uh, a number of things I do. I also have a talk show where I God has given me a mandate that is a platform to uh, facilitate and help bridge the gap between women. And so when I say that, that is very, very dear to my heart because I know what it feels like to be left out. I know what it feels like to be looked down. I know what it feels like to be standing alone and wanting and needing someone to, you know, feel my feel my point of view or understand what I'm going through. And so for whatever reason, from school to in my adulthood, I've been that girl that has not been very well liked and only because I am very vocal and my heart is pure, but it's not always welcome because I'm verbal. I'm like my mom, so I'm very verbal. I am opinionated and I mean well, but, you know, it's not always welcome. But, again, you know, that, that's, that's neither here nor there. But um, that's a little bit of who I am, and uh, there's so many things, but I am a thinker, <laughs> and uh, I feel a very good communicator, and I am very um, genuine when I do something. If I'm riding or dieting with you, you got me, and when I'm, I ain't feeling it, I ain't feeling it, and I just move on. So, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's what's not for Pierre or Colin. Mm, wow. Now, that's a lot for our listening audience to take in. This is Tony, Pierre. We're going to try to remember to say who we are because we've been told that we sound so much alike. But you gave us a lot, and I just want to go back to what you said about being the poster child of dysfunction. For those that may be listening and wondering if they can relate to you, can you just kind of expand upon that just a little bit? Okay, well, um, I will start back from growing up in a um, 
a Christian a, a Christian home. My parents, of course, like anyone else, had always been saved, had always been walking with God, but I was raised that way. So, of course, when I got of age and I moved to Atlanta, which I told my mom at age six I was going to do that, and she said, well, why are you going to Georgia? You don't know anyone there. I said, I just want to be there. I want to live there. And so I kept my word to myself. I came. God opened the door. I came. And um, somehow I got blindsided by life. And so I became that girl, mm-hmm. I guess, I just assume I always wanted to be. You know how you go somewhere and no one knows you and you just feel a certain type of way. And so that happened to me and I became the dysfunctional poster child, basically. And I wind up mm-hmm. in the strip club and, you know, having different things that I went through in my life. And, um, and I can talk to women pretty much from most all walks of life, you know, and a lot of us, we won't be transparent. And I live by that because I think that is key. That is how we get our healing. That's how we get our deliverance. And so for me, um, I had to face my own, you know, demon in the mirror and say, girl, I don't like who you are. I was such a wretched young lady um, on a professional and a sophisticated level. If I can be transparent, I was, and um, I became someone I didn't even like. I didn't even like myself. Why? Because I realized mm. that that is who I was created to be. That is not what I, my life is about. That is not why I'm purpose. That is, that's not my purpose. And so I didn't know my value, and therefore I gave power away. And so when I said dysfunction, it was, you know, some men I knew that was married, some I didn't know I was married. And um, I'm being transparent. My husband of 26 years is sitting right here with me. So anything that I am saying, he knows about. So I believe in just sharing. And the word of God tells us that we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. Not that I boast in what I used to do, but I boast in God because I'm no longer that girl. I am the woman of purpose, a woman of destiny that thrives, and I believe in pushing another queen to be her best authentic self. So that dysfunction girl, that's who I used to be. You better talk that talk. You better talk that talk. <laughs> You've got to tell the truth and shame the devil. I'm just going to keep it real. So I said, Lord, help me. But, um, yeah, you know, and it, it feels good to talk about it because I, w- I lived a number of years of shame and blame and fear. And it's like, okay, my my purpose was paralyzed. Why in the devil knew that? So he hung that over my head. Girl, nobody's going to listen to you. You used to be a stripper. Girl, nobody's going to talk to you. You was a whore, this and that. You were this, this and that. Excuse me for using that word. But that's, that's being real. I was that girl. And not that I walked up and down the street, but then when I looked at myself in the mirror, like you said, and you look at that woman in the mirror, you go, okay, so what are you doing different than the lady, you know, that's walking up and down the street on the strip? What are you doing different? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not making a exchange for money in that way, but you were doing the same thing. You were doing the same uh-huh. thing because, believe me, you didn't talk to Pierre. You didn't deal with me unless you had to pay. You know, and we just we wasn't mm. doing it, and I wasn't no cheap date and no cheap nothing. And so it mm-hmm. came with trips, it came with flights, it came with a whole lot of stuff. But when it came back full circle around, life happened, blindsided, and then I had to reap what I had sown. And so that in the midst of the adversity and the dysfunction is where I found and discovered my peace. And I began to pursue because I wanted to be a better person. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that, you know, I should have not been doing those things. I didn't know that that was going to hurt me in the long run. I didn't know that I had to come back and this thing was going to hit me in the face. And here I am with two daughters. It was like, girl, no, you got to get this together because I don't want my girls to walk through half of the stuff that I've went through. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
Wow. You look at the woman in the mirror and you say, you call her out. Check her. I believe in that. So that that's a lot of issues with probably women with me, and that's because they don't know me and they can't understand me. Why? Because I'm too real for them. Too real for them. Why? And I say that because I'll call my thing. My, if it's thing, is thing. Girl, you ratchet, you're wrong for that. I'm going to tell Pierre about herself and I'm going to get it together. But for other people, it's like, okay, who does she think she is? Now, now who, she knows who she is. I know who I am, and therefore I know where I'm going. So I'm able to do that. And so, I, as you say, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's, I try to live by that. I try to live by that. Do we always mm-hmm. make the, you know, you know, meet head on? No, we might miss the mark every now and then. Why? Because we're spiritual beings having human encounters. So we will mess up. We will mess up. Mm-hmm. We will not miss the mark all the time. So, you know. That's just how it goes, but you got to be willing to be transparent, be willing to face, you know, your demons and call them out, shut it down. And that's the thing, when we shut down the inner me that's inside of us, then, you know, we can pursue with purpose. But if you're not willing to call your things out, if you're a hater, say you're a hater. If you're jealous, you're jealous. Ask, and I just mm-hmm. said, why? And I would say, well, why do I feel so up? And so when, and I'll say this, and I'm going to let you ask me something, but when I started <laughs> confronting my own, you know, enemy, the Lord dealt with me, and I would say, well, I don't like this, and why? And I said, God, why, why is that bothering me? And he said, well, if it's bothering you, do something about it. And so that's when he gave me the platform, Table Talk with the Diva. You're the Diva. It irritates you when women complain and compete. You are about what? Complimenting and help con- completing one another. That's what we are supposed to do. Irritated me. He gave me a mandate, do something about it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just tell me about it. Do something about it. And so now I am that one of the facilitators that God uses to bridge the gap, bring the women on, push them, whatever business that they have going on or whatever it is that they are doing. I am that sister keeper, my girl, I would love to have you on my show. I want to help get your message out there, help get your, your, book, your business out there, whatever it is that you're doing. I And so at the end of the day, we all can be a boss. What do you call a boss? A boss is someone that is bold. She's optimistic. She's sincere, and she is a servant. So that's who I am, and I push that and try to drive that home to young ladies and grown women that are seasoned that should know better, but, you know, so somehow they're stuck in time. And so I am one of the vessels that God uses for that message. Absolutely. Now, you know, we, we always talk about a goal moment here. A goal moment is when thought and execution come right. together. Uh, when did mm-hmm. you sit down and say, I think I'm going to write a book? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> when did I sit down? Uh, after the dreams kept coming and my mother passed five years ago on my birthday, August 20th, which is a very special day, not just because it's my birthday, but that was the day Martin Luther King wrote the I Have a Dream story. So, um, that that's very, very important. It took my coach to pull out some things about my day. And so um, I had been kept telling my mom, I kept hearing it. I told my husband, I'm hearing clear vision through cloudy outside. What is that? What is that? Well, I had already been declared legally blind in 2005. And, um, you know, still struggling, angry with God and saying, this is not right. You know, I'm a good woman. I'm a good wife. I'm a great mom. Why, 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 why? And God saying, have you forgotten who you used to be. Have you forgotten where I brought you from? So after all of that, um, he dealt with me over and over again. And so my mom said, Pete, write the book. I said, Mom, I'm not writing a book. 
I said, I got too much junk in the trunk, and who's going to listen to me? I am not doing all that, honey. And I'm thinking about my children and my husband at that time because I'm saying, well, I don't want to humiliate them. I don't want to embarrass my family. I'm from a big mm-hmm. family, a close-knit family. We're not perfect like anybody else, but we love hard. And you come for one, you come for all. And that's how we were raised. And so I just didn't want to be that one that was the embarrassment. And so God continued to deal with me, and he said, there are people, there are women out there and girls that need your story. They need your testimony. And they're destiny is assigned to you so you basically get in alignment and so once i made the decision and cried and weeps and you know i've like, had my headaches and like man i, I don't want to do this i wrote the book had to tear it up because the lady that was editing she said baby if you read this if you write this and publish this you gonna be in divorce court and you probably going to hell on a hand that because i was angry because i didn't want to write it so i'm telling it is like telling it all i told enough mm-hmm. and it was it, it was painful the second time around, but that time, as my coach was to just get me to understand that I had to get it all out. So once I got it all out, then I could write the book that is now published and that is still selling on Amazon, and God has continued to bless. So uh, 2013, I'm sorry, 2018, the book was released, but I had written it um, about a, almost a year prior to, but just wasn't ready to be as transparent to release it to the world. So, uh, 2018, uh, I had to sit down and, well, 2017, you know, and get over myself and release it. Wow. What a testimony. This is Tony, uh, Pierre. I want to ask you because, you know, you you talk about confronting your own enemy being yourself. <laughs> now, do you feel that you were, you were going through that and you, had, you, you may not have completely confronted your enemy when you first wrote the book because it was so much anger built up inside of you? Oh, no, no, no. I had confronted it. That's what I'm saying. I wrote the first book. That was shredded. So when I said I was released, I was lifted. I was freed from the inside mm-hmm. out after I wrote it the first time because I got it all back. Okay. And when I said it was mm-hmm. a tell-all, tell-all, I wrote it. And it's like, oh, my God. I told on me. I told on my mm-hmm. husband. I'm just like, honey, I'm just going to put it out in my mind. Because I wasn't processing <laughs> what God was doing. Oh, yeah, I'm not. Ooh, honey, I'm going to have the number one bestseller. I'm going to have a tell it all, baby. And they go, what? Oh, I was ready. That, I was on point right there. And so it was, I thought. And so after that, I got convicted. And my editor was like, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. We're not doing that. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. again. And that's why it's so important to know who you are connected to. And I say that because mm-hmm. like God had a, a editor that was, concern about me and my future. If she didn't mm-hmm. care if it was just about the dollar, she was like, girl, hey, you done wrote a bestseller, honey. I'll see you on Oprah. Go ahead on. You know, <laughs> and knowing that that, mm-hmm. that was not the that was not the thing for me. But she said, No, babe, we're not gonna do that. Let's not do that. Uh uh-uh. uh. I know, mm-hmm. you know I said, but that's true. It's my truth. She said, Yeah, it, it was the truth, but you're no longer there. That's not that's not what this is about. He wants you to put something out that is going to be beneficial to other people. This is a part of you being in alignment, again, with my assignment. And so now that I have a global mm-hmm. assignment there, that, and so people say, and so one of my hashtag is legally blind. Now, I knew I was in a million pieces, didn't understand why God chose Piera of all the people in the world to for this particular moment for this book, and I'm saying this makes no sense. Well, I don't want to do this. I don't know what he said, but it doesn't matter what you want. It's about what I want. This is about me. This is going to be for your good, but my glory, and so far, so good. That is all that has been happening. It has been a blessing 
um, to so many women, and it just it, it, I, I get teared up every time I think about it because it's like, Lord, I was in so many pieces. I was broken, and he said, yeah, you're no longer broken. Yes, you may be legally blind, but you have lost some sight, but you have never lost your vision. And so I still have my vision, and I continue to pursue with purpose. So people, and I mess up on Facebook and different places, and I need a little help here and there because I'm challenged in the, in, the, in the physical, in the physical, but they have no idea to be in the spirit where I am. They have no idea what God has done for me. I share some in the book, mm-hmm. but I can sit down on Q&A, and when I have different speaking engagements, and I sit down with young ladies or grown men that are, grown women that are older than myself, and they'd be like, girl, mm-hmm. you don't look like what you've been through. Oh, my God. You mm-hmm. That's the blessing of walking with God um, because he, he removes the residue. He takes all that away. I can tell mm-hmm. you about it most of the time. Most people, you won't be able to see it. Now, I'm a different kind of woman when you come for one of my babies. Then it's like, okay, she ratchet. Yeah, girl, you don't want to go there about my children. <laughs> Bye, girl. So I'm thinking about my babies because I, I stress and I, I hammer them hard. And they always say, Mommy, you just always tripping. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, it's oh, my God, because my mother, name was Queen Esther Washington. My mom was a disciplinary in the home, and she didn't play the radio with nobody, with none of us. She didn't have a favorite. You were the favorite whenever you had something going on. She loved you you know, hard at that moment and then go over there and go over and sit your tail down somewhere until, you know, you need this again. But everybody got the same love. Everyone got the same discipline. She poured out every exactly the same for each one of us whenever we needed it. And so I did my girls the same way. And so they always, I said, yeah, you treat people the way you want to treat. I don't care what they do. I don't care if they're angry with me. Stay out of it. Unless I really need your help, you know, but I got it. But disrespecting adults, that is never allowed. I grew up on from so I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. So yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. That's that's all I know. And my mom mm-hmm. has said where you may not have the money, but respect respect will carry you where money won't. Where money can begin to even take you, respect will do that. If you respect some another person, like my dad said, they don't have to like you, but that you make sure you put a demand on your respect. As long as you get the respect. That's all you want. You don't care about what they thinking because what they thinking, it doesn't matter. Like you said, we all got opinions. We all have one. Like we got other things, you know, but that's, again, mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't go there. But, you know, you just, it's about respect and just doing what is right. And so transparency, I, that is like one of my, one of my, oh, my God, hashtag authentic. You got to be authentic. Just be authentic. Be mm-hmm. yourself. Be mm-hmm. yourself. You know, and that, that's that's just where I am. And you two song alike, so I want to make sure I answer when I tell you what I'm doing. You song like, uh, <laughs> we do. Mm-hmm. Oh we do. We do. Both of them. <laughs> wow. Now tell us about tell us about your plays. Okay, well the play, um, Lord have mercy, Clear Vision through Cloudy Eyes. It is um a sequence from my book. And I had no idea. Now, I, my family is, uh, we are comedians, and that's just naturally, we just cut up real bad. Together, it's like, mm-hmm. you, okay. Like, they, you thought we were the Wayans, we missed our calling. The Wayans took it, but we, we should have been there, okay? That's, that's my family. But, um, so I love making people laugh because I grew up in a house of laughter. You know, we had some shame, we had some hurt, we had pain, but we had always had, we had a good home upbringing. And so laughter is very important to me. Music is important to me. And so with that, um, when I wrote the book, 
the Lord said, okay, now proceed with the play. And I wrote the book and completed the book, published the book April of, of 2018. My book, my play was released November 2018. So I had people calling me. It's like, who writes a book and releases a play in the same year? Who does that? I said, I am telling you, I am only, I'm on a mission right now. I said, I don't know what God is doing, but whatever he does, if he says here, go, I'm going. Whatever he allows, any doors that he opens, I've given him my yes. And I, I just, I refuse to turn back and just go. So I go. But the play is a sequence. So, of course, I crammed as much of it. The whole message is in it. Everything that you would read in the book, chapter and chapter, it is in the in the play, in the production. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a tearjerker. My cousin said to me, she said, Pierre, you flatlined the whole damn family. She said, girl. Everybody in the, in, the, in the Strand Theater in Marietta was in tears. She said, "Everybody," and I'm just like, "What?" I know I was crying. I wrote it. It's my life, and I'm sitting up on the front crying. Well, my dad, bless his heart, he passed in October of last year. But my dad, she said, when I looked over and saw my uncle weeping like a baby, she said, "I lost it." Because I did, I pulled my mom in there, my dad in there, and then when my mom transitioned into play, and so no one knew what it was all about. They just knew my life, but they didn't know how I had it set up. And God gave it to me. So when I said the Holy Ghost directed me from step A to step B and what I did, and here's I say how you get out of order. I paid, my husband and I went and met with a guy, said he was a playwriter. I gave him the book. I see this, I see the book to him. He had the story. And he turned around, and when he sent me the script, I was reading it. I'm thinking, well, what is he talking about? What is that? And so it had a lot of bogus and stuff. And I was like, dude, you got me messed up. First of all, I wrote the book, so I don't need you to rewrite anything. All you need to do is pull out some meat and write a production. What are you doing? He had me disrespecting my mom and going off a, you know, you do too much. You talk too much. I'm like, first of all, clown, I would never ever talk to my mama like that. Why? Because I want to remain standing and not with all my tooth knocked out because my mama didn't play, baby. So I'm just like, where, you, where is all this mess coming from? What are you doing? And so he said, well, I'm trying to, you know, you want to get the people going. I said, no, I want you to either do what we're paying you to do or give me back my stuff. How about that? And so um, he wasn't able to do it. So I snatched it from him and, you know, we moved on. And the Lord said, you know what? And I was all upset. And my husband's like, okay, well, that's $500 blah, 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 we done put down. Now what? What? I said, babe, I don't know. I'm frustrated. And so the Lord said, there you go, because you didn't do what I told you. I told you to write this book. I didn't tell you to go hire someone. Uh-huh. So I lost that money. I was so mad with myself. And I'm saying, well, God, I, you know, I done used some of the seeds from my book money, and the, I'm I'm just angry. And he said, again, you're going to sit down and you're going to write the play. So I had no idea what I was doing. I just thought about what I wanted to put in the message. I wanted to make sure my message was the same as the book. And God gave it to me step by step, and I had the characters who were in there. My children was in it, my mom, my dad. My mother has transitioned, and she had. And so when it was there, it was such a blessing. My family came in support like they always do. They showed up and showed out. I mean, and it was the perfect time, and I'm not sure if either one of you have been to the Sun Theater during the holiday time, November, when Marietta the Square is decorated with trees and lights and all. It's beautiful. It was perfect timing. And um, mm-hmm. got in there, and the play was just amazing. It was amazing. And so we traveled to Charleston, and we did it there. I am actually going to do it one more. My plan, Piero's plan, but God's plan is I'm still waiting. But I have one more time. I plan to do it. 
back here in Atlanta because I've been asked to bring it back and some do that. But I'm in the midst of writing something else, but I've got to do another two weeks in Society Eyes. And so um, I'm working on the DVD for that because I can, I can kind of hopefully put it to rest. But I'm, I've been told that I should continue with it. But we'll see. But it, it, it shows so much. It shows when I lost, when I was losing my sight. It shows me struggling in the home and falling and can't see my babies walking you know, when they get to the door and I could walk them to the door. And when they walked down the driveway, I saw a pink jacket and a blue jacket and I couldn't see them no more. I could hear the bus, but I couldn't see them. So when I said, oh, I had wow. Been, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's still, and, and my girls are walking in the girl, the baby that plays me, Megan Williams. Megan could be my daughter. And so she mm-hmm. is just an angel that God sent to me. And so when the audition came and when I saw her, um, I actually had her for something else. She was actually my ex stripper friend who happened to be um, uh, one of the uh, real housewives of Atlanta where she used to be. But anyway, we were girls. And so I had to change some names and do some things. And so that person, she was that person. And then the other young lady that I originally had that I cast for myself um, had a conflict in schedule because she was in North Carolina and the schedule wasn't going to work. And so I wound up moving Megan to be me, and she actually worked out the best. And so I was overjoyed, and Donald Gray was the uh, the 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 uh, director the uh-huh. first time, and he was also the the pastor that I actually had had the affair with before, of course, before I was married, when I was a dysfunctional girl, <laughs> poster child, um, Donald Gray, and he's, of course, one of the best uh, directors and playwriters in the industry, and so Donald uh, wanted to be, he said, I really want to be a part, I played a pastor several times, but I've never been a lion cheating pastor that having an affair with a single one, he said, oh my God, I, want, I really want in on it. And so I sent him the script and he read it. He was like, this is going to be amazing. And so when I got his approval, I really felt better about it. And so, you know, after he read it, and so one thing he said to me, he said, "Miss Collins, every rehearsal, and we had six rehearsals, he said, I sat back he said, every rehearsal, you cried. You're sitting over there, and everybody's doing what they did. And he said, you're over there. And you just to see it unfold in front of me, and then a part of me is like, wow, this is who you used to be. And so mm-hmm. it, it brings me to tears. So he said, when I saw that it moved you, I know it would move me. It would move other people. He said, so I really, really want to be in on it. And so it was a, it, it's a phenomenal play. It's a phenomenal play. So um, wow. when I bring it back, I will make sure and let you ladies know about it, and I would see two tickets to you because you've got to see it. I don't want to just tell you about it, but you have to see it. And so we did two shows at the Strand, and um, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Well, I'm in New York. <laughs> Lisa may be able to go. I'm in New York. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, well, maybe you'll be able to fly in. For a night of production, on you know, in the in the end. that's possible. No, that's possible. Yeah, possible. yeah, absolutely. Wow, you have such a journey, uh, Piera. But I want to ask you, you know, <laughs> between writing your book and and getting your play out, what was the most challenging or the most the hardest to write about or to go through again? Um, the most well. There were two, two, but the the most uh, 
difficult outside of the pain and the struggle in the marriage uh, mm-hmm. with infidelity. Um, that was hard because I had to relive it. But I'll say even harder than that, losing my mom. And my mm-hmm. fear was um, she had a brain tumor. And I will, I'll tell you really quick because um, she and I was talking on the phone. My husband and I, we were in Walmart. And we're on the phone talking. And then all of a sudden she said, P, hold on a minute. So she answers the phone. She comes back and she said, my doctor's on the phone. He's going to call you. And I said, call me. I said, Mama, what's wrong? And so I would go home. Uh, for some of her appointments, and if she said something, one thing about me, if my mom says something, I didn't just hear her out and get off the phone. I responded. I hang up, and I'm calling Medicare. Her zip code is this. This is what's happening, and she needs an appointment. I make the appointment. I call my daddy. Look, you need to take her because this is what she's saying. This is this, whatever, and I make sure. And I'm just an action taker like that. That is me, not to try to overtake anybody and do anything, but that's what I did. So having to go and relive all of that, writing it, and then to see it out, you know, come across because we played it in the playback way. The phone rang, and my baby girl answered it. They want her to come there and oh you just went through all of that and so reliving that was the hardest part of losing my mom and um it was true that that was the hardest part because my fear was I don't ever want to call home and she not know who I am or I don't ever want to go home and she not recognize me and so the June before my mom passed my daughter was a senior in high school so I went home and stayed with her for the entire month and I slept in a room with her, and, you know, she was slipping into some dementia because of the brain tumor. And so I remember her just, I would wake up and lay in there, and I'm looking, she's looking at me, and I kept seeing all of these things was coming while I was writing. So it was so, so hard because I saw her. She was seeing different things, you know, may transpire out of the window that wasn't there. And all I could do is just let it. I couldn't do anything. There was nothing I could say. I wouldn't frustrate her by, Mama, no, you don't see that. I wouldn't want to correct her. Why? Because there's, that wasn't going to change anything. I didn't want to upset her. So I had to, I had to see what she saw. She saw the, the pond and the, the fish. Look at the bass out there. Oh, my God. Did you see the bus? Girl, all them kids on that bus. And I said, where are they going? You know, and I jumped in her conversation. That's where Mama was. So I had to receive that. That's God's timing, his plan. It was strategic, and that's just, I had to live it. So I went back through all of that because it was hurtful. And my last time calling home, uh, my dad called my dad, and I said, Daddy, is Mama woke yet? And he said, Baby, your Mama. And he didn't want to say Mama ain't going to wake up no more. He said, Your Mama just, she just sleeping. So I called back later. I said, Daddy, because I was the one in communication with the nurse, me and my dad, um, because she called me and so forth. When they told me, I said, whatever you say you want to do, you know me, I'm riding with you. If you want the brain surgery, I'll support it. If you're going to have the spinal surgery, I'll support it. But she said, no, I'm just going to trust God. And the doctor felt like she wasn't as strong. She wasn't strong enough because she was heavy and she wasn't mobile. She had gotten pretty weak and her her limbs, everything had just muscle. She was losing just everything. And so he oh. said, I don't think it would be a good idea. So that part of just having to relive all of the things, just her whole her, her journey with that, with the brain tumor after getting that call that day, um, my life changed. And then when she had the, the conversation with me, uh-huh. um, you need to um, sit down here. Let me talk to you. I said, Mom, I won't talk. I won't talk right now. She said, girl, little girl, sit down. I don't. I said, I don't want. So she said, well, you know I'm dying. I said, no, you're not dying. And I'm telling her she's not. She said, you know I'm dying, and I know too. She said, but if I, mm. if I tell you that I'm afraid, I would be lying. She said, I'm okay. I'm okay. 
God got me, and she's still looking, and she, she's strong, and I'm melting. I am melting. Oh. A couple of months later, I'm there visiting. The hospice people are there, set me and my dad at the table. They got this book, and the lady handed me the blue book. God knows I didn't know what – I didn't pay attention to it. Like, I just said, oh, thank you, you know, and I set it aside and continued to listen to what they were saying and what to expect and this, that, another, or whatever. And so I come back home to Atlanta, and I'm in physical therapy. While I'm in therapy, I heard the Holy Spirit said, read the book. I'm like, read the book? Read the book. So I go to my purse. And I stop what I'm doing. I get the book. And so they had put some ice on my shoulder. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, read the book. So I opened the book. The title of the book is Gone From Your Sight. I saw the title. Still, it's not registering. I know, you know, what that meant, but I still just wasn't thinking about my mom with that in that aspect. So I looked at the title, mm-hmm. opened the book, and there I see my mom as if she was just, posted in the book on the paper because I saw everything that they said. They described it. This nurse that wrote that book, and there's a deep, there's a video on YouTube if you go look, gone from my site. If you pull that up, this lady went through every second of that transition that they go through as if she's walked it, mm-hmm. but she's been a nurse for over 30 years and she's experienced it with people till she wrote it like she has already lived it. And I saw and everything, my mom picking the flowers off of her gown and she's twitching and she got the paper towel and she's tearing up the paper and she's looking and twisting the paper towel and just looking around and you talk to her and she'll look off and she got a blank stare. Everything that I witnessed my mom doing, I read this in the book, I lost it. And I had to oh. go right back to that. It's like, oh, my God. And I lost it sitting in physical therapy. And the nurse came in and, Miss Collins, what's wrong? And I said, the book, they told me, my mom and I'm dying. I said, yes, yes, yes. I'm just going. And she went to the car and got my husband like, I'm not sure if it's something. She's, she's melting. Please come. And he'd come running in. Hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, the book, the book. They gave me the book that I didn't read. And I'm telling them. And I'm weeping. And when he saw the front of the book and he said, babe, you shouldn't have pulled us out now. But I'm, I can go into say, Anthony, the Holy Spirit just told me to read the book. But I just, you know, mm-hmm. was in the zone. And so writing the book, I had to relive all of that, seeing my mom, and the last call that I had with her, uh, I said, Daddy, is she sick? Is she woke? He said, no. I said, well, can you ask them to put the phone to her ear? He called my nephew. He took it to his mom, my baby sister, and she put the phone to her ear. And I said, Mama, I said, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And I said, I'm so sorry for um, not being able to help you. I wanted to help you. I said, I did everything I could do. I tried. I was in 50,000 pieces. And so going through that, that's what, that was the hardest thing in the book. The hardest thing, because mm-hmm. she couldn't respond. She couldn't, she could, I guess, hear us. Then the next day when I got there on that Thursday, I walked in, my two sisters, two of my sisters and two cousins sitting there. I waved. I went straight to my mom and leaned in her ear. I kissed her, and I said, Mom, I love you. I saw you waiting on me. Every strength that was left in her body, she was blinking, trying to open her eyes. And so that let me know she could hear me, but she couldn't respond anymore. And by 11.57, the next day on my birthday, she passed away. Oh. So that was, um, you know, rather difficult. 
that was really difficult. So it was. I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to write the book. <laughs> didn't want to write the book. So going through that, and then within two years after my mom left, I was just miserable. I didn't want to be here. I had some struggles with depression because I was hurt, but I'm the strong one. And people see this and see that, but they have no idea what we went through after losing my mom. And so that thing nearly killed me. And then two years after that, I get a call from my very best friend of 36 years. P, my back is hurting. I'm hurting. What do you mean, T? What's wrong? I I don't know. I'm just hurting. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Tiki goes to the doctor. She calls. I'm traveling with my husband on the road. We're in Nevada. She's crying. I'm crying. What's wrong, T? What's wrong? I just can't have walked. Can't have walked. Okay, when are you coming? So I knew that meant you need to get here. So my husband got me back to Atlanta. My baby got me to Augusta. My brother picked me up in the middle of the night and straight to the hospital I go. My best friend had stage four lung cancer. No notice. No sickness. No nothing. Just like oh, my God, what is happening? God, you told me to write the book. She didn't make it. It was crazy. Just, it was it was weird. So I wrote that book, but then God gave another book, Woman Embrace Your Grace, so a part of that is in the journey of just having to lose people and how do you continue the journey through this thing we call life? How do you do that after all these hard hits, you know, and then COVID came and, in the hospital for 10 days, on oxygen, they come in, and when this man told me my kidney's shutting down, I just wanted to die. I'm like, oh, God, please, not me. Oh, Lord, I'm begging. My husband's in the car. He's crying. He's going to call my pastor in the middle of the night. They say they don't know my wife. How's she doing? And she's on oxygen, and she, she can't breathe. And I, It was a mess, a mess, one thing after another. So in mm. the pandemic, God gave another book, Woman Embrace Your Grace. And so I just. I have to be transparent, and he gives me whatever. And I just said, whatever God tells me to do, I put my hand to the plow, and I refuse to look back. I let nothing or no one, and I do mean no one, paralyze my purpose. I refuse. I refuse. Mm-hmm. In the struggle, uh-huh. misspelling words on Facebook, not getting right, setting up my office in my home, I don't have it all together. I don't have all the equipment. I don't know the IT. I don't have any of that. All I have is that my trust is in God who leads and guides me. And so everything God whispers to me, I do it. I come up with it somehow, somewhere. I said, God, I don't know what to do. And I'll tell him, he said, you always say that, but I do. <laughs> I said, well, God, I don't have the degree. I don't have the education. I don't know how to do it. You don't have to have the education as long as you got me. You're going to succeed. And so my bishop said to me, he said, everything, God said, that you desire, when you open your mouth, you open your mouth, God said, he'll fill it. He said, so when you open your mouth, his heart, his he, his ears is inclined to your heart. You Sister Collins, because you, you love hard, and I do. I don't know, but I, I believe I got that from my mom, but I do. So I try to help, but, again, it's not always accepted. It's not always welcome. But, again, I got to be who I am. I can't be anybody else. Wow. Absolutely. And and you've gone through so much. You've experienced so much. And you expi- <laughs> you have inspired so many people along the way. Tell us what's mm-hmm. next for uh, Pierre Collins. My God. <laughs> Well, um, there's a few things, you know, some I can talk about, some I can't right now because they're still, you know, it's still being stirred up, as my mom would say, it's mixing in the pot. 
But um, mm-hmm. like I said, I just released my second book, so that is um, we're waiting for this pandemic to ease up so that we can we have a um, a seven city tour, and so we have got some things lined up. So we're you know waiting for the pandemic so that we can really hit the ground running with that. So I hadn't been able to do that, but you know the books are still selling, but just not the way that I wanted to to do so. That um, and again, like I said, I'm working on another play. I'm working on another stage play. Um, and that is going to be phenomenal. So, um, and it's, and I can just briefly, it reminds you of um, women at Brewster Place, Brewster House, the House of Brewster Women. It's similar uh-huh. to that, but it's going to be really, really, really nice. And what, what is going to be phenomenal for me, I am actually going to be one of the women living in a house. So, because I always have a desire to act and be on TV and be on film. And I just believe God, so I think big. I try to live big. I speak big because I have to say what I mean and mean what I say. And so I'm going to be one of the actresses in my own production before I was just sitting on the front row watching my story unfold. But this time I said, Lord, I want to be in a car. I want to be a part of it. And so I'm going to participate in that production. Um, And so I have also, um, there's a a woman. Uh, summit that is coming and I'll share there's really brief the Lord gave me that in October 2019 before the pandemic before anything I was in the kitchen at my daughter's house and I heard the Lord said just breathe I said just breathe and so when I saw it it wasn't J-U-S-T it was J-U-S-S just breathe and I'm saying okay God there you go what is that what am I supposed to do with it (laughs) I get frustrated when he gave it to me because I'm like, I don't really know. I don't know what to do with that. I said, what is that? When he gave me the title of my book, Clear Vision Through Cloudy Eyes, I said, God, what what does that mean? That's your book. No, that's not my book because I ain't writing no book. Well, yes, you are. And so I debate with him. I'm that girl. And so he gave me Just Breathe. And so here I go. The whole year of 2020, everybody all over the place in George Floyd, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Didn't know all this stuff was coming. This was October 2019. And because I tried to be, make sure accountable, I called two people. I called Laquetta, a girlfriend of mine that I grew up from home, Laquetta. Called Laquetta, told her what the Lord had just heard. I said, I don't know what it means. I said, but I want to just document. I want somebody to hear me that this is what he gave me. And she said, I got it. She said, wow. She said, well, you keep praying, and you let me know what God is saying. And so we talked. Mm-hmm. I called my sister-in-law in Mobile, Alabama. She's a minister and a prophet. I said, I want to tell you what I just heard. And this is October of 2019. And so when we talk now, we laugh about it. She said, you always talk about you don't know what to do. You know because God speaks to you. You know when he's talking to you. And we laugh. I said, girl, I didn't know, but he came. That's going to be, that. there's going to be a woman summit. And so I'm still praying about speakers and I already have the location. I've already spoken to the people about it and everything. So I already know where it's going to be. I'm just praying about women because I'm in wedding mode. My husband and I are celebrating um, 26 years of marriage. So we have our wedding renewal, and that's going to be a grand event. We're excited and elated about that in April. So once I get through the wedding, then I can – you know, dig all into what I got going on, what I need to complete for the end of the year. So there's, you know, there's a few things that are happening and a few that I hadn't been able to release yet because um, it's not just me. But um, there's some things coming with Diva with the Destiny. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
You have a lot on your plate, Miss Sierra. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. I don't know why he chose me, but I'm glad that he did. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. You've been I'm sure you're such an inspiration so many, you know, so many that you may not even realize you're inspiring, but who most inspires you? Oh my. Well, she's no longer here. Um my mom and I, I even in prayer I always say, Mom, I just mom, I just want to make you happy. I just want to it's like that means I am not going to cry. Girl, I'm doing good to this thing. Help me, God. That is something that is so important, and it's precious to me, and I can't explain it. And, I, you know, I'm sure that I'm not the only one that's like that about their mom, but I know what mm-hmm. my relationship with mom, Piera, mm-hmm. Elaine, Washington College, I'm only talking for me. I can live for me and only me. My relationship with my mom meant everything. I didn't keep secrets from her, and most people won't do that. When I was doing mm-hmm. that and when I met this particular person and got involved and I called my mama, she said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know God ain't pleased. What are you doing? And I, I said, mama, but I didn't know, blah, 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 blah. Well, little girl, you need to cut that mess off right now. And she's checking me, but she didn't, like, judge me and just tear me down. She heard me out, and then she was a mom. No, ma'am, that's not mm-hmm. a God. You fix it. Step away from that. When I'm in a strip club, girl, your daddy going to kill you. Oh, my, I know, mama, but how would you do it? Because I lied at first and said I was just waitressing. I was waitressing. I did, but then that changed quickly because I'm like, well, I'm cuter than me. I'm fine, too. What you got going on? She ain't no cuter than me. If she can do it, I can do that. So that's what got me, and then the money was coming, and I remember going home single in my apartment, and I'm wearing my cat suit and my little jiggling baby belt, honey, and my stilettos, what? <laughs> And when I get home and put all that money on that bed, I'm looking like, wow, wait a minute. So if I am making it like this right here and waitressing and being a uh-huh, bottle girl doing that, what? Oh, I know. I'm going to get paid. So all I saw was the money, all the deception. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about value. I didn't think about any of that. But I was able to call my mom. And I told her, I said, Mama, well, this is what I need you to hear me out. This is what she said, Lord have mercy, Jesus. She said, Pierre, my God, you mean to tell me you, what? <laughs> and so, you know, but she still loved me. She didn't say, oh, my God, you're not my child, girl. You know, uh-uh, you are, you are Jezebel. She, I knew I was eventually when I understood, but back then I didn't know that's what I, that I was wrestling with a spirit. I didn't know that. But my mama did, she continued to love me. So when I do this, it's always, that is the person that inspires me the most. And she is gone but because her spirit lives on with me and through me. I always say, mama, I mean, I want to please God, but it's like, my mom, I want to please my mother. And then my daughters are so precious to me. So I want to make them proud. I want to make them, because I didn't do everything right. I didn't finish high school. I didn't do, I made so many mistakes. Oh, my God. If I could go back and fix some things, I would. And then here's the the kick to that. When I made a decision to go back to school, 2003, I have the school ID. I got the parking pass. I'm driving. I'm going to class, get my babies back off to school. I go, I had day classes. I'm at Griffin Tech. Oh, I'm excited, like, oh, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it done before my baby graduates from high school. She's going to be so proud of me. I've got to get this. I was determined. 2004, I'm riding down the street, I'm swerving across the road, everything, the cars, everything looks like it's coming at me. I bust my tire. 
The man stopped. Ma'am, you done tore your rim. I'm like, oh, I said, the cars were coming at He said, the cars coming at you. He said, I was riding behind you. But something was going on, but I didn't know. I was bleeding in both of my eyes. I didn't know what was happening. So when I made a decision to do that, then here comes this, this ugly demon, you know, that was fighting and challenging my sight. Had the surgery, thinking I'm going to get back out there, do it again, start over. I said, Mama, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it done. Tried to get back in there, had three surgeries. I have implants in, so my the, my pupils that you see, I wasn't born with those. I have implants in. I have two procedures that has been done on my eyes eight times, sclerobuckle and vitrectomy per eyes, four surgeries each. And so had, and not to mention the cataract surgery, but had all those things, and I still tried to go back to school. I went back again. I'm struggling. Call the doctor. Come back, Ms. Collins. You have membrane growing on your lens. Another surgeon. Oh, boy. Lord, help me, Jesus. What in the world? What in the world? So if I could go back and fix some things, I would. So my girls are important, and I just want them to be better than me. So I push them. Don't be who I am or who I was. I want you to be better than me. I want you to be better than me because you deserve that. And so I do do so much. And like I said, and it's not that I'm in competition because I don't believe in competing. I just believe in running my my lane. I got this over here. Let me do this right here. So I I try not to get distracted because if I do that, I know that right there will deter me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and it slows me down because I've given some energy to that. So, of course, we all know wherever your energy goes, wherever your attention goes, that's where your energy goes. And so I'm careful about that. But it's like, okay, Lord, I got to stay on track. I got to stay on track. So I get up Monday through Friday <laughs> and try to focus. I'm a, I'm an empowerment seeker. I'm a woman of wisdom, a woman of influence. I'm pushing. So I'm focused Monday through Friday. I had to tell someone, please don't tag a lot of foolery, you know, on my page. Don't, don't do that because I'm working. And if you crowd my page with junk, then my content that I'm trying to reach people it's going to get lost. So I don't mean no harm, but I'm working Monday through Friday. That's, it's work for me. Some people say, I'll just get on it. No, if I'm the videos, I'm doing that. That's a part of my work. My work. Why? Because I know my worth. So now I know that my work and my worth are tied together. So I work it. And so on the weekends, you know, I'm, I'm mommy. I'm wifey. I'm celebrating. I'm enjoying the weekend like everybody else. So it's always Freedom Friday, and I don't have a problem with doing certain things. But Monday through Friday, when I put it up, majority, it is work. It is work. So I told you, I'm just, you know, I'm just in a different place. And so 2020 has taught me and has molded me and now shaped me to be who, for real, for real, I'm supposed to be. I thought I was already, but now I got it. And so I've learned that there's always blessings in the lesson. So if I got to keep going back, then, girl, you're missing something. You ain't getting it. And so I refuse to do mm-hmm. that. So God has to step away from some things and step away from relationship. Step away. And it doesn't matter who it is, family, friends, cousin them. It doesn't matter. If I'm, if you ain't, we're not, if it's, if it's not serving me, I'm not, I'm, not do, I'm not giving life to it. I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. We can talk. Mm-hmm. We can communicate. And let's talk about it. But. The energy of being negative and angry and unforgiveness, health issues. I don't have time for that. I ain't got time for that. Because if I'm being me, I ain't, I'm holding up the, the the blessing. I'm holding up the healing. I ain't got time for that. This diabetes with mm-hmm. insulin pump. I've been 11 years. I've been diabetic 30 years. I was 20. 
I don't have time for that. So I'm too focused for that. I just, like, I already know who I am. So I tell the girls, baby, don't waste your time on drama and foolishness. Yeah, you have disagreements and, you know, something like here don't work out, whatever. But as far as just being angry and hateful and miserable, you killing yourself. You're killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you ain't hurt nobody. You Then you lost your power. You done gave it up because you mad. Why you mad? And then they mm-hmm. go on, you know, living their, their best life, and you over here mad, rolling your eyes at them. You know how foolish you look. Mm-mm. Been mm-hmm. there, done that. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay. We're not doing that. So, yeah, 2021, <laughs> it's all about you. I tell the ladies, it's that way in February. Yes, it's about you. Not being conceited, not being arrogant, but it's about you. Figure out who you are and go for yours. You don't care what nobody says. Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-mm. How empowering is that for you, Sierra? Oh, my God. It is breathtaking. It is so, it, it just helps me. It pushes me. It is very, mm-hmm. very inspiring to know mm-hmm. that I am making a difference and that not because it's in me, in my own strength, but because I know that God is dealing with me. He's lived inside of me. He lives inside of me. And I know, you know, I know. I say, I always mm-hmm. say, I'm I say, I'm here on borrowed time, honey, because the stuff that I've been, woo, girl, should have been gone a long time. <laughs> should have been, could have been long time. Wretched, you know what, girl, you should, you know, you should have been gone. Stop playing. Stop acting like you've been the only Jew and you ain't been the nine. I ain't never been no nine. I ain't that mean. Uh-uh, girl. <laughs> I want what I want. My daddy was up. He ain't going to never have no children. She's selfish, honey. She's just all about herself. But I was a teenager. You know, and he would say that, and I'm like, nieces are right. I'm going to have a maid. I'm going to have a butler. I'm going to have a driver. I'm a kid. Oh, no. I got nieces and nephews. I don't need no children. I just, it was just me, 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 me. But when, you know, I got the memo and the lesson that it's not about me, but it's about what you can do and how you can be a blessing to somebody else, things, you know, my life started changing. It started changing. Changing for the better. So it's very powerful. It's inspired. My life inspires me because it blows me away where I, from where I've been to where, where I've gotten to at this point, because I'm still evolving, still evolving. Absolutely. But I'm just grateful. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. Now, here on Let's Chat, we like to do something fun. So T is going to give you a fun question for you to answer mm-hmm. before you head out of the chat room. Okay. <laughs> wow. You have shared so much with us, Sierra, and we thank you. You know, somebody needed to hear this tonight, and uh, they got mm-hmm. all of that and then some. So thank you so well, much. Your fun question today, and all I kept thinking about just listening to you was that if you had a superpower and you were mm-hmm. able, you know, to make it your own, what would that superpower be and why? Superpower to snap my finger. It could be anything. <laughs> snap my finger. Wave my wand standing in my silver stiletto heels and my crown, and I would command every ounce of racism and, and God, can I say hatred too? Can I put it all in? Because it's all one thing. It's one mm-hmm. thing. You have hatred. Oh, yeah. And racism, I would put it, I would put my wand and whoo, it would be gone. I despise mm-hmm. it. I despise it because we are all important. We are all valuable. White, black, mm-hmm. Chinese, Philippines, whatever you are, we are all 
one person, one body. All of us are God's children. I don't care who they call it. They can say Allah or Buddha or whoever. We are one. Mm-hmm. We are one. As my dad and my mom would always say, when you bleed, well, if you cut yourself, you bleed red. I bleed red. <laughs> then cut, they bleed red. Mm-hmm. You go to the restroom, I go to the restroom. We all put things in our mouth, and guess what? It eventually has to come out. You're no different than me. I'm no different than you. God doesn't love me more than he loves you, and he definitely don't love you more than he loves me. So we're one. So if I had one thing, I would be that queen, that diva, sitting on that throne, honey, with my wand and all that right there, them three right there in a nutshell, unforgiveness, hatred, and racism would be gone. They would be gone. Mm. That's an awesome power to have. I wish it would could would be able to come to me too. Oh my god. Me too. Oof. Mm. Wow. That was awesome. Absolutely. And you gave us just every shade of Piera and we appreciate you coming to share your time, Mm -hmm. your Christian energy with us. You are welcome back anytime. Oh, my God. Thank y'all so much. I was so excited, and thank you, thank you. And I thought I missed it last week. I'm like, wait a minute. What happened? (laughs) But I'm so, so glad that, um, you know, it wasn't what I thought. I'm so, so glad it wasn't what I thought. But just that that quick, you know, it could have went left because that's what the devil always wants. He wants, you know, African Americans Mm -hmm. feuding about something that doesn't even matter Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. But I'm so grateful for the growth. But thank you so much, both of you. And, Tanya, I hope that um, I didn't disappoint you. I pray that the time that I was allowed – to share with you all, it was worth the wait. I pray blessings on both of you, uh, your family, and your business, and your ministry. No, you don't have to be in church with a Bible, but it is still ministry because we are helpers one to another. So I am humble. I am grateful for the opportunity, and I bless you. And to whoever is out there listening, I've had several people I was sending the line to, jump on, jump on, jump on, jump on, definitely help the ratings and just here a part of my journey because there's always more of Diva with the Destiny. But I'm so grateful. I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. And um, remember that you are valued, you are loved, and you are definitely chosen by God. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you're welcome back anytime, like you said. This is your home awesome. now. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. He so got awesome. so much knowledge, Leash. Wow. Absolutely. He has such a testimony. Yes. Welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I got my fabulous right hand, uh, the fabulous Miss Tony. We were just talking to the awesome, I mean, just an awesome woman of God, Pierre Collins. If you missed the interview, no worries. Just head over to our archives here at blogtalk.com or either iTunes or iHeartRadio and listen to the replay. We're going to take a brief break, and then we will be right back. Okay.
I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. Listen, we just had a fabulous, fabulous interview with uh, Pierre Collins. Oh, my God. If you're just tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. Make sure you head over to our archives and listen to that show. She dropped life jewels. Oh, my gosh. It was such an awesome mm-hmm. interview. We have our next two guests coming in to kick it with us in the chat room. We have Twyla Cunningham and Andre A.J. Carter in the building. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful. Hi, you guys. Hi. I'm so, so well. Y'all, this Zoom life is taking over everything. A Zoom meeting will <laughs> run late. And I'm like, dude, like, I got to go. I got things to do. But anyway, I am here. And, um, well, we thank name, you. Yes. Oh, and how you say my name? It's Twilly. It's like Willie with a T oh, in front of it. So Twilly Cotton. Nice. Yeah. Child, yeah. you know what? We can tear a name up, so I thank you for correcting us. <laughs> I thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> we want to thank you guys for spending your time here on Let's Chat. We want each of you guys to tell everybody a little bit about your journey and your brand. Well, ladies first. Go ahead. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> okay, well, my name is Twilly Cottingham, and I am originally from Alabama, but currently reside in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am the reigning Miss Black Alabama International Ambassador, and I will be taking my talents to the Bahamas in June to compete for the title of Miss Black International Ambassador. I graduated from an from an HBCU, Alabama A&M University, and I majored in mass communications and I minored in music education. I'm an accomplished piano, flutist, and violinist, and I play the guitar for fun. I started my career in sports production. I worked for ESPN, Fox, Showtime Sports, ABC Sports, you name it. I've worked with them, as well as I took my talents to Republican Radio. It was a trying time, you know, to expand my resume. Don't mean I was a Republican, but... I did it, you know, I did it for the culture. <laughs> you know, just have a voice for us. Um, then after that, I took my talent to become a major U.S. flight attendant. And I was based in Dallas. I was based in Miami. And then that what brought me to Charlotte. I love all things black, black history, black love, black struggles, black everything. I love that. I love traveling the world. My favorite place to go in the entire world is St. Lucia. I have a pageant platform, which is called Let's Play, teaching kids the importance of team sports and how to build self-esteem while playing sports. But, you know, COVID kind of changed that. So I remixed it and called It's Okay to Be Pretty and helping black girls in pageantry, whether you've competed 100 times or this is your first time, I teach you how to pick a coach, how to walk, you know, physical fitness, anything and everything you need to know about pageantry. I am a one-stop shop. And I have a YouTube channel called Take Off Twilly. I take you to 40 events that I work at, my pageant journey, traveling around the world, what to do, what not to do, and just showcase you my crazy, insane life. (laughs) Wow. Oh, wow. 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 I like this guy. You do right. 
look, AJ, how you come up against that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a try. All I got to say is go, girl. She, she made me crawl under a rock just now. No, 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 no. Hey, I'm taking my like, well, I just don't have enough going on. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, no, no, no. Well, God, I know I mean, what you mean, AJ. My name is Andre A.J. Carter. I'm an ordained minister, certified master life coach, motivational speaker, author of about three books, three-time U.S. Library of Congress award winner, means I was number number one in America three three years in a row. Um, I'm in poets around the world, and I've traveled around the world doing uh, poetry and motivational speaking. I have... Um, I used to be a songwriter, so I have 29 copywritten songs um, from when, back when I was 19. I started writing songs with different artists and stuff like that. Um, but that's about it. You know, I go around and just encourage people to do well and whatnot. That's basically what I do as a motivational speaker. I uh, mm-hmm. teach youth that they can... Uh, create their own GPS to success and not have to follow somebody else. Because, you know, you got a lot of kids out here, they they so busy following the next person that they lose out on their own gifts. And everybody has a gift, you know? So Mm -hmm. I want people to feel comfortable in their own skin and do what they are good at, you know? So that's my story. Mm. I love it. I love it. Now, here on Let's Chat, we always talk about a go moment. And a go moment is when thought and execution comes together. We're very mindful about how we pour into other people, what we say to other people, what we want other people to say to themselves. Um, But as our title talks about transparency, we tend to be less self-transparent with ourselves. Uh, What was each of your go moments like when you decided to say, you know what, I'm about to take this step. Twyla? Um, I, who, that's a really good question. I honestly would have to say it came from my mother. Um, I'm from a very small town, Alabama, and the black population is even smaller. And what I love about my mom and my upbringing, she wanted to expose me to everything in the world and not think that I was limited to just from my circumstances of being from Montevallo, Alabama. So she enrolled me in, like, piano lessons and dance lessons and cheerleading, and it just kind of took me, you know, outside of that, and I got to, you know, go dance on Broadway. I got to go play in Carnegie Hall, and I just got to dream, like, wow, like, life is bigger than just these three little traffic lights in my hometown. And a lot of people always be like, well, you're the only black or you're the first black to do something. And to me, I always thought that was kind of cool because now I'm history and I'm making it easier for my nieces, my nephews, my friends, my cousins, or the little girl from my church to be a part of that history and be a part of the, you know, trail that I've left for her. Absolutely. AJ? Well, I guess I can give a lot of credit to my mom as well. Um, 
when I was younger, about um, 10 years old, my mother and father got divorced. So she had to actually go out and get a job. She never had to work before. So she didn't know nothing about work. Um, she started working at the YMCA where she had me enrolled in every class imaginable. I mean, I was in piano, swimming, gymnastics, ladies club, karate, boxing, basketball. I did all of that. I excelled in the boxing and the, and, and the uh, swimming. The boxing, I, I boxed for the military. And with swimming, I became a New York State champion and a Midwest champion. So I think uh, I owe a lot of that to her. Um, she also helped me with my music career when I was doing that. She bought my first turntables. So I had everybody on the block coming through. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I never knew how that thing where just being encouraging the people would have such an effect on people. Because just a little while ago, maybe two years ago, and imagine now I'm 55. Just two years ago, somebody came to me telling me how um, I was the one that helped them become a DJ and, you know, you know, now they're, you know, popular and this and that, you know, and I was the one who got them started. And all I was really doing was getting together with my friends, according to me. But, you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised how little, just little things help people out. And that's what made me want to get into the motivational speaking. So, yeah. Oh. I want to ask you, this This is Tony. We're going to try to remember to identify who's speaking because we've been told we sound so much alike. Between the two of you, and I'm going to start with um, Twilly. To know that so many people watch and not necessarily you know that they're watching, how does it shape your movement? Um, basically I just um, you know, your initial reaction is always gonna be, you know, a natural reaction. But I always have to think of like, okay, if my cousin saw this, would she approve of this? Like if my nieces saw this, would they approve my godkids? You know, things like that. So and it's kind of funny, um, I always think about, like, Cam Newton, and yes, he got in trouble when he played at the University of Florida, and he had to go to a junior college in Texas, and he said ever since then, he was just like, okay, you're a brand, you have to think differently from everyone else, you've been blessed with a certain gift, you have to use it accordingly, because if you don't use it correctly, God will easily take it away from you, and not that many people have what you have, so... Once I heard that, I kind of applied it to myself, and I'm just like, okay, Tully, think of your brand. Like, of course I'm human. I'm not going to be perfect. I cuss like a sailor. I drink wine and tequila. Um, But for the most part, I'm still a good person, a child of God, and I can show you, like, it's okay to make mistakes, but also be on a, you know, a good path as well. And I love it. Hello? Thank you, thank you. Oh, it's my turn? Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, well, um, I have to say that when I was coming up, before my mother and father were divorced, I used to get 
whippings for everything. I mean, if I lost a hat, if I lost a glove, my dad came home in a bad mood, whatever it was, you know, it was every day. You know, we had 911 on, on speed dial. I mean, it was just that bad. Me and my mother was getting beat up on a regular basis. So, mm. so it was rough, you know what I mean? But um, when I sit up there and think about what people see on the outside, you see, what they saw was my father always had a brand new car. I mean, every year he used to buy new new Cadillacs. I mean, if it was 2020, he had a 2020 Cadillac. 2021, he had a 2021, you know, that type of thing. And that's what they saw. They saw my mother coming out with fur coats and, you know, all that type of stuff and the, and the uh, Dolce Gabbana glasses and all that type of stuff. So they thought that, you know, we were living real great. And somebody came to me going back like 10 years ago. Somebody came to yeah. me and told me I was the kid on the block that everybody wanted to be. They said, oh, wow. every day you was fly, this and that or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting because I didn't even want to be me. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. See, people see things on the outside and, and try to tell you, think of what your life is, what it could be like to be right. you. But they don't know the true right. story. They only know what you what either you either tell them or they come up with their own, you know, little story about you or whatever. And half mm-hmm. of the time it's not even true. Mm. Oh true. So you know, that kinda lends towards our topic for tonight. The topic of our show is transparency mm-hmm. and how important it is. You know, what what is what are your feelings on being transparent with those around you? Mhm. Yeah. My feelings on it? Mm-hmm. I'm always transparent. Everybody knows <laughs> knows that about me, so it's not even an issue, you know, because I don't want you to go and find out something about me by somebody else telling you some story. I'd rather tell you myself and tell you mm-hmm. what the real deal is as opposed to you. You know, you when you get, you know, you play the telephone game back when we was younger, and, you know, by the time it gets to the end, it's a totally different mm-hmm. story. So yeah, I'd rather right. tell you myself. That's true. Um. And- and to piggyback off what you said, exactly, I'm the same way. However, I do have a sense of decorum about I give you access to what I want you to have access to. Right. Um, yeah, because also, mm. too, like, I, I can tell you, like, being an influencer, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to see this in your life. Like, okay, me as a flight attendant. People want to see me at work all the time. They want to see how we board, how we cook on a plane, how we do this. And I'm like, y'all don't get a portion of that. Like, y'all don't need to see and know everything that we do. Like, if you want to know, become a flight attendant. I will gladly help you on that journey. But you're only getting a portion of that. And even if I was were to be 100% transparent with you, it, it's not going to make a difference. You're going to talk about me regardless. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I would rather, like, I'm transparent with my highs and my lows in life, you know. I mean, that's just who I am. But I'm also still very protective about, like, certain aspects of my life. And I, I like that transparency about me. 
and especially like me, my friends, like even like people, like the guys I'm dating, like, like okay, I'm like that's cute for Instagram, but like I said, I let you think you know me, but you really don't. <laughs> I hear you. Oh. I hear you. Oh. I can relate to that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now, uh, AJ, a man, a black man that can write. Um, it, that's very powerful. Hmm, um, what does that power mean to you? To me, it to you. gives me something that's positive to say to my, my black youth that's coming behind me, to my children. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives me something positive to be able to say. Let them know how you don't have to be, you know, a drug dealer or whatever, you know, because when I was coming up, everybody wanted to be the big, you know, the big boss of the block. You know, they wanted to be the kingpin because that's who they saw with the big chains, the fancy cars, and, you know, I grew up in Jamaica, Queens, so, you know, that's what was out there. People wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. out there, you don't see a lot of college graduates and stuff like that. Um, What you see is who's making money is the drug dealers. And I didn't even even... Think about it in a way where, you know, I grew up in a house. So, yo, how come? You, I wonder if my mom, you know, got money or whatever. I never thought about having a house as having money. I never related it to that because I always grew up in a house. That's what I knew. I had a house. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I was jealous of the people that had apartments. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the difference you know, between mm-hmm. ownership and renting. So what I saw was things on the outside, the gold chains, the cars, the girls, and I always wanted to be a part of that. When um when when I got older and realized, hey, I got to show my kids that you can have all of that and I want to be transparent with them, not just with the house so much because they always have a place to live, but show them on me and whatnot. Now, I'm always rocking, you know, diamond chains and diamond watches and stuff like that so my kids can see, hey, look, if you go and get a college education, you can have that same stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. that's, that's me. I like to sit up there and show them, hey, you know, you can have this too. And this is how you Absolutely. can get it. Absolutely. And Twilly, you being an influencer, you inspire so many people. Uh, they watch the steps that you make as you present them. Um, and that creates a powerful platform. What does that power mean to you? Um, With the power, it's honestly kind of fun because I love being a storyteller and telling you about my life, telling you about my friend's life, telling you about shoot even my enemies but you know they got a story too and I can show like how he said like our community um that like you don't have to just come on you don't have to you don't even have to go to college just believe in yourself and surround yourself with the right people um in the pageant that I'm doing most of the women that I'm competing with 
are amazing change agents. I have one, she's a doctor. She works for NASA creating chemicals on how to get, you know, spaceships to, you know, to Mars. And then I have another one who works in finance. She works for like multi-million dollar companies. I have another one who's from the Virgin Islands. You know, she's a jewelry entrepreneur. She owns her own jewelry company. So as an influencer, I really like like telling my story, like, hey, yeah, I work for ESPN, but you don't know the hours that I put in. You don't know the hardships that I went to or how many interviews it took for me to get that job or even Mm -hmm. to build my influencer brands now. So with that responsibility, you have to take it wise. And I think about Tupac when he said this. He said, the best time of, you know, growing to your your brand or your status is that climb because once you're there, People like are gonna adore you, like, oh, I'm rooting for you to get there. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. And then when you get there, they're gonna be like, okay, nah, uh, like I want you to get there, but now that you're there, like you need to come back down. So, <laughs> you, I, yeah. So you have to do it carefully, and that's why I'm kind of like with my brand, what I'm praying to showcase and to really tell is like, hey, y'all, if y'all want to do this, like this is what it's gonna take to get there. But I also too, when I get there, I want to be as humble as possible. Even though majority of the time I want to flex and be like, ha, look, I done made it. I'm on this amazing uh, broadcast tonight. But y'all didn't know, like, I had to put in that work. Like, I had to practice. Mm-hmm. I had to do this. So, um, so yeah, you know, with every great position comes responsibility. And you just got to mm-hmm. be able to handle it and know what to do with it in the right way. Right. Now, this is Tony. I want to ask you, on uh, just to piggyback off that, you know, a lot of people look at people that are, you know, have made it or they feel that they have made it, and they try to get into that same game, whether it be an author or an influencer, but they fail to realize the steps that is needed to get to that point. How do you combat someone that comes to you and wants that instant success behind it? Let's start with Andre. Okay. One thing that I always tell people, for one thing, is that nobody cares about the guy on the bottom. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, it, can you tell me who who lost in the last Olympics? No. You might be able to tell me who won, but you won't be able to tell me who lost. You might not even tell, mm-hmm. be able to tell me who came in third place. So when you are at the top, Everybody is gunning for you. You are the one with the target on your back. When you, even at a job, you know, you you could have a job and start off somewhere. Let's say you're in a big corporation. You start off at the lower end of it so you can get your foot in the door. And then you speak it to your bosses like, you know, hey, you know, how can I get to such and such a position or whatever? And he lets you know. You didn't go and discuss this with the other employees and whatnot, and all of them busy smiling in your face. You know, even even the managers, they like, you know, smiling in your face. You 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 cool with them? Hey, what's going on? You know, but as soon as you get that master's degree and you uh, and they only have bachelors or something, now they're not smiling in your face no more because now you the competition. Mm-hmm. It's a big, big difference when you're the competition. People don't worry about you when you're not competition. That's when they're smiling in your face. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's right. 
So true. And Twilly? Um, I, so, okay, I know there wasn't a sentence, but basically, <laughs> um, basically, I'm, I, I asked them one simple question. Um, being a pageant girl, sometimes I am a pageant coach, and I am an athlete as well, and I like to win. If you don't plan on winning, don't come to me. And that's the first question. And that's the first question I asked them. I said, "Well, why are you competing?" And if they say, "Oh, I just want to help the community," or "Oh, I just want to, you know, wear a crown and a sash," I'm like, "Well, I'm not the coach for you. I am not the resource for you. And we're trying to win over here. So if you don't come and say I'm trying to be the next Miss USA, I'm trying to be Miss America or Miss Pixie, I don't care. But if you're coming with a winning attitude," Being you're the environment mm-hmm. for me, and that's the same way with being an influencer and being a flight attendant, working in sports, or being a piano player, whatever you want to be. You have to go in with that Mamba, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, that Mamba killer mentality, because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. who I am, and I'm a fellow Virgo like him, so I'm very perfectionist, I'm very, like, goal-driven, and if I don't see that same passion in you, because a lot of people can talk a lot of games. Trust me, I can even tell mm-hmm. a brush to a bald man, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you can tell mm-hmm. when people are really, like, fascinated and invested. Um, as a queen this past year, you know, when COVID hit, pageant girls were kind of like, well, we were used to making appearances and different things like that. And uh-huh. I'm a very busy person, so I readjusted and I started hosting these events called Royal Tees. And I would have all these, like, major black queens come and speak. And I would have girls look, oh, I want to help in pageants. I want to do this. But they never attended. And so now when they ask for my help, I don't offer it to them because you're not serious. Well, I've had some girls who attended every single event that I've had. And anytime they ask me for any question or support, I'm going to be there for them because I know they're serious. And I know a lot of people, especially in the influencer world, they think it's easy and it's fun, and it has its moments. But you can speak to my manager and my influencer friends. We're doing nothing but constantly working, talking about contracts, how to build our brand, how to do better. Does this work? No, it's changed this. Like, I pretty much should have my PhD in influence now. I just bought, like, five books, and I'm trying to change it every day. And my friends are like, no, but your stuff is good. Yeah, keyword, good. I'm trying to be great. Like, that's exactly. that just, you know, and like I said, it's just a certain drive and a certain thing that you just have to have. And you also have to have tough skin because a lot of people are going to be like, that's not a real job. You just pose and take pictures. Oh, okay, well, come to my house and we'll see how you pose for these pictures and tell me what kind of captions you come up with. Um, mm. But, yeah, so you just, for for me, for anyone that wants to come up, I'll, you know, I'll help them as much as I can, but I'll be able to tell if they're truly invested or if it's just a fad for them. Yeah, I, I'm the mm. same way with that. Um, you know, I like people that like to win. It was it was so funny to me when my daughter was playing basketball on this team out here in Great Neck. Um, they celebrate mediocrity. And that was the yeah, strangest no. thing to me. Like, even after no. a loss, they out, you know, they bringing donuts and pizza and all this type of stuff. Y'all just lost. You know, I couldn't, you know, it was so weird to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I, never yeah. had, I never experienced that. 
Exactly. Yeah, and I just had this conversation yesterday with my friends. We were talking about kids today, and I'm true enough. I'm not a mom. I'm a a rich auntie. I'm a cool auntie, but I'm not a mom. But (laughs) I hate that kids now when they play sports, they get participation trophies, or everyone gets a trophy. No, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no. My mama had me out in the rain perfecting my pitch so I could be the starting pitcher for my high school team or my middle school team. I didn't get a participation trophy for that. Like, I worked hard to be the best pitcher in my county, to be the starting Mm -hmm. pitcher in my county, right? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like when you give out participation, like you said, celebrate mediocrity, like, no. How how can you be the greatest or amazing? Your struggles. Exactly. Really I think it just it degrades you as a person and a brand and as a like I said, a person, a brand and mentally it just it really does. Yeah. Cause what does your trophy mean if I got one too? <laughs> exactly. Because when That's I compete fine. this summer <laughs> Yeah, 'cause when I compete this summer for Miss Black International Ambassador, I am not competing just to say, Well, I did it. No, I'm competing to be a change agent for the world to get my mm-hmm. message out there to help black girls in Ireland, Australia, Turkey, London, Canada, doesn't matter, but I'm also coming for that crown. Like yeah. um, <laughs> There you go. You know. mm-hmm. I tell mm-hmm. people, hey, when you wanna when you wanna work with me, you gotta wanna be the best. I say I'm not I I I, I refer everything to like boxing. I say, ask the guy mm-hmm. that came in second place. He got knocked out. Is that, that what you're coming to do? That's not the place you want to be. Exactly. <laughs> right. oh. C&I Show, thank you guys for coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. Now, before you go, mm-hmm. we'd like to do something fun with our guests. She is going to give you each a fun question, um, and we ask this fun question just to allow people to see all sides of the guest. Um, a lot of times when a person's brand or their book uh, or their music doesn't have legs of its own, your personality is what actually draws people into you and the things that you have going on. And so we like to be able to just show that side of you as well. So, T, go ahead. I'm ready. Absolutely. Well, Tuli and Andre, we so appreciate you, like Lisa said, joining us tonight, just sharing your jewels, sharing your energy with us, and we appreciate that. Now, Lisa and I, we have a growing left track garden, and we want you guys to contribute to it. Now, we want you to to add a flower that best describes you and your personality and all that you have to offer the world, and we're going to start with Twilly. Um, ooh, this is a this is a good one. This one's spicy. Um <laughs> I, I I like this one. Um so my name is Tuli, so I can't give you anything basic. Um, I'm actually going to be a sequoia tree and shade ooh. and protect lovely chat garden. Um, it is the tallest, most gorgeous tree in the world and that tree also represents me because I was always tall. And, you know, I'm cute mm-hmm. with a nice little Instagram filter. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, and I'm just there to shade and protect my beautiful, lovely queens of the garden. So that's what I would be. That's a good one. And the first, first one in the garden was awesome. And, you know, we're always kind of 
interested in what our men have to contribute to the garden. So, Andre, what, what are you? What, what, who's going to represent you? <laughs> I don't know about no flowers, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to say I was something, I would be spinach. Okay. I put spinach healthy. in there. You know why? Because wow. spinach is healthy. Very healthy. Has all the vitamins, the minerals, everything you need in that spinach. And that's what I like to do. I like to drop jewels and teach everybody, give them everything they need so that they can sit up there and be big and strong and, and healthy and wise and successful. That's what I like to do. Hey, you're the first bunch of spinach we got in the garden now. You don't put some some health qualities up in there. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. I love it. I know, right? Oh my, oh the flower. Oh okay. I'm not a gardener. We like our guests to think about things. We like you guys to think about things, and that's how we get to know you. Like we said, you know, we get to to hear who you are, and, and, and this is exciting for us. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, we so appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us in the chat room. Please make sure you shout out all of your social media where everybody can be able to get in contact with you. Um, shout out your website if you have one as well, and any events you may have coming up. Okay. Um, well, you can follow me on uh, Facebook. Just ask Dre. I'm also on um, payhip.com at Just Ask Dre. So either one. Okay. So um, you can follow me on Instagram, and that's Take Off Twilly, T A K E O F F Twilly, T W I L L I E. And that's the same name for my YouTube channel. Make sure you click subscribe, like, and share. And also, if you want to follow along with my pageant and our journey, our pageant Instagram page is MB, as in boy, IA underscore pageant. It's MBIA underscore pageant. And that will take you to the website. And if you would like to donate, to my reign and help me get to nationals, you can click on the website and go to um, contestant payment and put whatever amount you want. It could be from a dollar to a hundred to a thousand, you know, whichever way the Lord leads you. Um, and make sure you put in the comment section, you know, for Miss Black Alabama, Twilly. I'm the only Twilly, um, so you can definitely put that there. Or you can donate to my cash app, which is dollar sign. Twilly, T-W-I-L-L-I-E, Cottingham, C-O-N-G-H-A-M. Um, yeah, follow me along to my journey. My national pageant is in June, again, on the beautiful island of the Bahamas. And make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel because I'm definitely about to start filming my journey to the crown and all the other good, fun stuff. So, yeah, I'm truly honored to come to the chat room. This has been a lot of fun. Like, I kind of want to come back. So if y'all want to. You are welcome <laughs> anytime. Honey, anytime. if y'all have something going on and you just want to talk, 
and listen, we also got Let's Chat Sports. So I know if you want to talk that talk about sports, hey, come on with it. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I did an interview um, uh, with Twilly for Hardcore Grind. So make sure you check out our mm-hmm. Hardcore Grind page, uh, Media Magazine, um, and be able to check out her interview there. We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for coming to kick it with us on today. Again, you guys mm-hmm. are welcome back anytime. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Home. So awesome. <laughs> Andre, don't let it be so long till you visit us again. Now. Right, 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 right. <laughs> just, just hit my email up. <laughs> Y'all have All a right. beautiful Beautiful, blessed, and wonderful weekend. Happy Black History Month. Happy Valentine's Day weekend. Whether you're single, married, third marriage, divorced, got an entanglement, celebrate love. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Enjoy your weekend, guys. We appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for Bye-bye. having me. <laughs> you're welcome. That was funny. Oh, yeah, that was so. We had a great show today. Um, thanks, everybody that has tuned in. Shout out to the replay. Y'all rock over there in the replays over at iHeartRadio. We see y'all, iHeartRadio. Hey. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys head over to Spotify and check out Let's Chat Live replays as well as on Ebony uh, TV. But, yes, we have Let's Chat Live. If you would like to be a guest on Let's Chat, send your request to Let's Chat Radio Show at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys. If you would like to have a interview in Media Magazine with Hardcore Grind, and that's me, Ms. Leisha, send your request to uh, Intriguing Moves PR at gmail.com. We want to thank you guys. We will see you guys uh, on Tuesday. We got Let's Chat Sports. Make sure you guys come through for Let's Chat Sports. We could talk that talk with Miss Tony and Mr. Jazz. Oh, yeah. We always have fun in the chat room talking that talk about all things sports. So make sure you join us Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Absolutely, and then we'll be back in the chat room on Thursday and Friday. So we'll be back in the chat room Thursday and Friday. Again, if you are an independent artist and you have music, please send your music in to us. We want to hear that, but just don't send Let's Chat the Music. Bring yourself to. We want to be able to talk to you. We want to talk and, and chit-chat with the, the artist and your passion and as well as your music. Uh, but you can send that request to the Chat Radio Show at gmail.com as well. Me and T are out of here. We thank you guys for kicking in with us in the chat room. And we're going to head out with some of that. Georgia Clay, Xavier Lewis. Good night. Stay safe. Busting my tail on a nine to five. Just to keep up, try to stay alive. Promise my lady we gon' be all right. She's crying while she's praying for a baby. Gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for better days Gotta keep my faith to make way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia, hold me down Keep my feet planted on solid ground From the New York coast to the Florida shine Up to the Maryland, D.C. line 
Trying to brighten the face From my shoulders wake From the burdens lay Nothing's proof From mistakes I made Sweet Georgia Hold me down Keep my feet planted on solid ground Strange roots, my roots run deep in his Georgia clay. 